Today with Joseph Prince. Feelings are not reliable. God's Word is. And God's Word says we are near. So we need to realize our nearness. We need to bask in it. We need to drink it in. We need to enjoy it. Say, I'm near to God. I'm talking to believers. If you're a believer, you can say, I'm very near to God. Nearer I cannot be. Amen? For in the person of His Son, I'm as near as He. Amen. So you are in Christ, in the person of His Son. You are so near to God and so dear to God. You cannot be any more dearer, nor any more nearer. Look at your own life. Some bad things have happened. Look out. Look at the way God will turn the whole thing around and make you a gainer through that. And that's why, friends, um, when it comes to the things of God, we, we understand grace, we don't glory in that which is great. We don't boast in that which is uh, shining and uh, uh, the world esteem as high and talent and gifts and all that. Thank God for talents. Thank God for gifts. But honestly, the Bible says, I was telling my daughter, when you look at all your subjects, all right, they got to study and all that, which is your weakest? And she, 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 she'll smile at me. I knew her weakest. So I thought, Probably this subject. She says, yes. And I said, that's the one that God's grace will flow in. That's the one His strength will be made perfect in. Amen. For my strength is made perfect in your talents, in your strength. I, I, some of us think it does. No, it doesn't. My grace is made perfect or completed in your weakness. So why, why, why try to be anything more than weak? Why, why, why try to pretend to cover up your weakness? In fact, you should boast in your weakness as the Apostle Paul did. He says that for when I'm weak, then I am strong. Amen. You know, the, the, this is a wonderful uh, uh, revelation of grace. Grace seeks out the lowest, the last, the lost, the least. In fact, these are the heroes and the protagonists of all the parables of Jesus. The, the object of grace is always the lost son, the lost coin, the lost sheep. They end up getting blessed. The last shall be the first. So the lost, the last, and the least. If you have faith, as small as a grain of mustard seed. You know, the kingdom of God uh, 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 glorifies the lost, the last, the least. And we are trying to be the first, the greatest, the most. So there's no competition, people. Step back. Amen. And if your problem is you stammer when you talk, praise the Lord, God might make you a preacher one day of His grace. Amen. Because you are looking at a stammerer in secondary school. And my classmates still cannot believe I'm doing what I'm doing today. It's the grace of God. Chances are, when you don't depend on God in certain areas, grace doesn't flow because you are strong in those areas. You are smart, man. You, you say, I got this down to pat, man. I know how to handle my business. I can do this. You know, I can do that. I, 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 I have experience in this, experience in that. Friend, times are coming, right, before us, even now, that all this experience is failing. Money faileth. All right, uh, uh, capital is failing. You know, everything is failing except God. Mm. That's not my message today. My message, where we left off last week was that, you know, when you sin, you bring an offering. You draw near, you don't run away from God. And then we, we touch on the fact that Joseph, a type of Christ, told his brothers, I'm gonna put you in the land of Goshen. And in Hebrew, it means nearness. A place of nearness. Remember, with all his power, he saw his brothers in front of him. With all his position of might and, and influence, 
How did he use his power? Brothers, I am Joseph. Please come near to me. And these were the same ones that sold him for money many years ago. And this is the type of Jesus when he returns to Israel. Amen. He will tell them, I'm your brother, Jesus. Come near to me. And don't be angry with yourself that you sold me. Amazing. Amazing grace. Wow. I say wow. You know, uh, I want to say some things that I think will address a few issues because we are on this subject of drawing near. You know, we are all near to God. Granted, we are all in a position of nearness. But it's a place. It's a place. It's a position. In fact, if you look at Ephesians 2, uh, therefore remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh, he's talking to the Gentiles, uh, the Apostle Paul is talking to the Gentiles here, you once were Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcised by what is called circumcised, made in the flesh by hands. In other words, the, the Jews called you uncircumcised. Remember David, he said of Goliath, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Now the idea of circumcised and all that, they're not trying to be crude. They're just saying, you have no covenant. I have a covenant. And those days, covenant is reflected in circumcision. At that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. He was telling them, before you were saved, you were a Gentile. You were far from God. You were strangers from all the promises of the covenants of God with Israel, having no hope without God in the world. Next. But now, say now, now. in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, the Gentiles, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. If you look at this word near, all right, is the word, think of the angus beef, all right, in, 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 in Greek it's angus. And it's actually the word in terms of the place of nearness, the position of nearness. Today, I'm talking to you about the place, but I'm telling you to realize your place so that you draw near to God in a practical way. Realize your nearness to God. For many years, God is my witness, for many years, I, whenever I say, Father God, I come to you, because I hear people doing that all the time. Father God, I come to you in the name. God says, why are you coming to me? Where were you just now and where was I? <laughs> you know, it's like God is telling me, where, you know, you, I never leave you nor forsake you. But you say, Father God, we come to you. you know, and I still do it publicly. Because uh, people need to understand there are people who are not practically, but actually, spiritually speaking, I sense God's presence more and I realize my nearness to Him when I say Father straight away. And we need to learn that as well. We need to enjoy our place of nearness. And notice this nearness is not because of how good you are. It's not because of what you have done. It is brought near by the blood of Christ. Has the blood been shed? Yes, you are brought near by the blood of Christ. How near are you? As near as the blood of Christ can place you. There's an old hymn that goes like this. Near, so very near to God, nearer I cannot be. For in the person of His Son, I'm as near as He. So dear, so very dear to God, more dear I cannot be. For the love wherewith He loves the Son, such is His love to me. We cannot be nearer to God because the blood of Christ has brought us so near. Can I have a good amen? In the Old Testament, all right, they draw near to God. But for us today, we are near already. 
But I want to talk to you about a practical nearness. Okay? And uh, uh, amazing blessings there for people. Before I come to that, look at this. He himself is our peace who has made both. This both is Jew and Gentile. Alright? He has broken down the middle wall of partition. Are you with me so far? Now, though we are near in position, there are people who feel our feelings are really, really a problem in our Christian walk. But there are times we feel God is far away. There are times we feel like we are not believers. There are times we feel depressed. There are times we feel you know, elated. There are times we feel excited. We feel, uh, uh, there are times we feel really depressed. But the thing is this, people. Feelings are not reliable. God's Word is. And God's Word says we are near. So we need to realize our nearness. We need to bask in it. We need to drink it in. We need to enjoy it. Say, I'm near to God. I'm talking to believers. If you're a believer, you can say, I am very near to God. Nearer I cannot be. Amen? For in the person of His Son, I'm as near as He. Amen? So you are in Christ, in the person of His Son. You are so near to God and so dear to God. You cannot be any more dearer, nor any more nearer. You are so near, so dear, because you are in Christ. Realize it. When you pray, realize it. When you see an accident on the road, I always do this. When I see an accident, all right, on the road, there are, there are ambulances there, policemen and all that, and, and something the guy is still on the floor, all right, on the ground, and I would, I would just straight away, while I'm driving, pray that the person will be spared. His life will continue. Amen. God will give him, you know, a new lease of life, and God will bring him to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. Why do you think I, I passed by at that moment? Why do you think you passed by at that moment? Oh, so I can stop and see Pastor Prince. You know? Don't be like the world, amen? You are here to be a blessing, people. So use your nearness to bless. Like Joseph, he used his nearness to forgive. He used his nearness to, to draw them close. He used his nearness to reassure their hearts. Amen? So, uh, take advantage of your nearness to God. Praise the name of Jesus. And... Um, I want to talk about practical nearness. Now, when I talk about practical nearness, there are some things that are positional and practical, but it's not righteousness. When it comes to righteousness, there's no such thing as you have a position of righteousness, but then there's practical righteousness. When people say that, they don't understand that when they go about establishing their practical righteousness, they're not submitting to the righteousness as a gift. So righteousness is one thing, is either you are or you are not. Okay? But holiness, yes, there's a sanctified position, once and for all by the body of Christ, and there's a practical holiness. Are you listening? Many a times when people talk about practical righteousness, they are referring to holiness. Are you listening, people? And don't be afraid of the word holiness. Holiness is actually, uh, we, we can learn to put back the word whole, H-W-H-O-L-E, whole, into holiness. The word holiness, even in the Anglo-Saxon roots, right, in English, it is the word complete. In Hebrew, it's the word shalom. Amen. So to be holy is your marriage is holy. What does that mean? It's complete. It's integrated. It's sure to give you life. Whereas some things that when we, when we are indulging ourselves in unholy behavior, it is destructive. 
okay? Look at uh, destructive behaviors and all that. And don't argue, all right, this person has a right to whatever, you know, a sin they want to apply in their lives. Not. See the high rate of death or suicide or whatever it is, all right, and then come to your own conclusion. It's better to go by God's word. Are you listening, people? Okay, God wants people whole and holy, not because, listen, not because God says, all right, I just want to be holy so that I look good. No, God wants you as healthy as He is. Be holy for I am holy. All right, I want, I, I'm enjoying perfect bliss. I'm enjoying love, joy, and peace. People, I want you to enjoy that. I want you to be whole. But you cannot be holy without first receiving Jesus Christ, amen, and becoming righteous. Can I have a good amen? So, many a time when people talk about righteousness, in terms of practicality, they are referring to holiness. Now having said that, there is a place of positional holiness, sanctification, and progressive sanctification, but not righteousness. Also for nearness, there's a place of you are near to God, amen, but there are those who are near to God in a practical way. How many understand that? Let me explain. Even in the Bible, the Bible teaches that. Do you know that Jesus actually had 70 disciples? We all know about the 12 disciples, but the Bible talks about the 70. Look up here, Luke 10. I'm gonna to prove to you in case there are people asking questions like that. Here it is. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before His face into every city. So He appointed 70 others also. So He has the 12, He has the 12, then He has 70 others also. Are they saved? Are they true followers of Jesus? Well, same chapter we drop down to verse 17. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Now you all say, well, praise God, man. Instead of uh, 70, he has 82 actually, you know. But watch this. In John chapter 6, something happened. Jesus said, therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. Now this is a statement of grace. What he's saying, it's not your efforts, it's not your smartness that caused you to come to me. My Father did it. If the Lord did not draw us, none of us will be worshipping God here today. None of us. We think that, well, we come to God because we are smart. We come to God because, you know, we, we have insight that other people don't have, you know. We, no, no, friend. We were all sinners. It's the mercy and the grace of God that opened our eyes. Amen. The fact that we are where we are today is not an occasion for us to look at other people and say, ah, they're so terrible. It's for us to go to them and tell them, I was once like you. But His, His grace reached out to me. Amen. Can I have a good amen? amen? So watch this. When He made a statement of grace, people don't like grace. Like when Jesus said in His hometown, the Spirit of God is on me to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. And then he closed the book, uh, unwrote back the book, wrote back the book. Then he says, today, what you've just heard is fulfilled. They discuss, isn't this Joseph, the son of the carpenter and all that? But when he said, there were many widows in the days of Elijah. To none of them was Elijah sent, except to a Gentile woman. That got them angry. Then he told them, there were many lepers in Israel. But none of them were cleansed under the ministry of Elisha except a Gentile called Naaman. That really got them angry. Why? People don't like grace. 
They have pride of position, pride of achievement, pride of education, and pride of face. Jonah, he forgot. It was the mercy of God that he was saved. And he didn't want to bring the good news because he knew God would be merciful to the city of Assyria. He knew God would be merciful. That's why he ran away from God, from his assignment to preach to the city of Assyria. The city of Nineveh, which is in Assyria capital. He refused to go there. Because he knew God is good. No, what are we doing with what we know? It's all kind of pride, you know? pride of position, pride of name, pride of knowledge, pride of face. And the worst kind of pride like Jonah, pride of grace. When God has given you grace, you go around saying, that church is not grace church, that pastor is not grace pastor. That's pride of grace. Since when you make grace something to divide. And then people say, it's me. <laughs> when actually it's you. <laughs> Whatever we've learned is the mercy and the grace of God. So watch this. It was a statement of grace. They got angry. From that time, from that time after he said that, no one can come to me unless my father grants him. When he said that, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. And these are the 70. Because how do I know? Then Jesus said to the 12, you also want to go away? <laughs> it's so cool. I love the Lord. You know something about the Lord? When people walk away, all right, he asks the rest, you, you, you want to follow? <laughs> I love, it's really cool. Amen. He doesn't run, you know, can we discuss this people? Come on people. I don't mean to offend you. Come on you guys. You know, so the thing is this people, once we realize that, amen, and whatever we have, we are stewards of. Because as sure as you came out of your mother's womb naked, you are going off naked. Amen? Once in a while it's nice to talk like that. Amen? Because somehow, you know, we always have this in church. Don't be afraid to be humble because God gives grace. Water seeks the lowest level. Alright? God gives grace to the humble, but God resists the proud. The way you resist the devil, God resists you when you are proud. The whole object lesson of the story of Job and his sufferings is just to come to the point where he learns he's nothing without God. To abhor self and glorify Christ as your true self. So there are people still hankering after self. Amen. So you can tell that they get angry when grace is being preached because you give me no place to glory. So you're saying man has nothing to do. You know, no, you want to do something because you want to glory. So you're saying grace, 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 everything is grace, grace. Why are you so angry with grace? Amen. Because, because I got nothing to do with. So you want to go to heaven one day and say, what is Jesus, the Lamb, and me? Just a little bit. That's what you're hankering for. Let me tell you this, as long as there's still 10% self, you cannot worship the Lord in such a spirit of liberty, all right? Spirit of new covenant. It must be all of Jesus. That's when we say, Jesus is your righteousness. Some people don't accept it. Because they still think, I'm not as bad as the guy down there. I know this person, I know that person. Man, you gotta come to a place where you say, Lord, and you know, people who say that kind of thing, they are in for a great fall. And then when they fall, they realize, my goodness, before I was a Christian, I, I never even do, do things like this. 
and now I'm doing things like this. What's happening? The Lord allowed that to happen, that you might see yourself. Flesh is still flesh. When you're a sinner, your flesh was bad. When you're a believer, your flesh is still bad. All your glory, all your, your boasting must be in Christ and in Christ alone. He is my righteousness. He is my holiness. He is my redemption. He is my wisdom that gives me all this. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, church, watch this. So Jesus actually have degrees of nearness in terms of discipleship. The disciples had degrees of nearness. Am I right? There was the 70, and they did miracles. By the way, this is very interesting. You know, people tell you things like, well, Pastor Prince, have you read before the Bible says uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus concluded the Sermon on the Mount by saying, uh, many will come to me in that day saying, Lord, uh, we cast out devils in your name. We did miracles in your name. Well, the 70 also cast out devils in Jesus' name. It's not them, it's the name of Jesus. And, and, and we did all these things in your name, and the Lord will say to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. Not everyone that calls me Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father. So a lot of people say, see, you see, uh, this idea that you can be saved and be lost is in the Bible. No, no, my friend, read carefully. These 70 were disciples. They were not saved. They were not saved. Even the 12 were not saved. How can anyone, but they were disciples. No one can be saved without the blood of Jesus being shed. They are disciples, they are followers, but they are not saved. The 70 are professors. The 12 are sincere. But even then, you drop down verse 17. Jesus says, did I, did I, did I not choose the, you, the 12, and one of you is a devil? You think he doesn't know? He spoke of Judas Iscariot, in case some, someone here is wondering. Is it me? No, he spoke of Judas. I thought of teasing you and leave, leave out the last, the last verse, you know, so leave you wondering, but I'm a pastor who gives assurance. He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he who would betray him, being one of the twelve. So Jesus knew. Amen. Who were, and all were not safe, but one is a devil. One is really, really, really not safe. One is really possessed by the devil. The thing is this, people. So you cannot use that. Even Judas did miracles. So who is he talking to in the Sermon on the Mount? He's talking about no one, that, not all that call me Lord, Lord, enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father. And what is the will of my Father? What is the will of my Father? Believe on me. Have you done that? If you have done that, you are saved. Don't let anyone use that passage to rob you of your assurance. Well, Pastor Prince, he that doeth the will of my Father, no one knows the will of God. No one knows. So they leave people hanging. They leave people not assured. Because as long as people are insecure, you can control them. I'm not interested in controlling you people. You all realize that, right? All right? I leave you to the control of the Holy Spirit. I'm not a controlling person. I don't like control. I don't like to, to intimidate. I don't like to control. I leave you to God. If there are things that's happening in your life right now you're not happy with, or you don't see the kind of uh, life that you envision a blessed man should have, change your heart. He wants you to change your life from the inside out. 
This month, we want to send you this powerful 4-CD audio series, Change How You See, Change Your Life, for your gift of support. Get ready to receive your breakthrough as you fill your heart with faith pictures from God. We're not saying, see it to make it real. We are saying, open your eyes to see what is already there. Let God fortizo the eyes of your heart. This is knowledge of Him. And for a gift of $75 or more, you will also get Joseph's latest CD and DVD album, His Zone Vision. Receive God's prophetic vision for your life. God's going to cause you to be full of His vision this year. Not just any vision, the vision that is from God, that prophetic vision. The vision of God transcends time and space. May God open the eyes of your heart, amen, to see what God wants you to see. Your breakthroughs and miracles begin with seeing God's best for you. Position yourself to receive God's Hazon vision for your life. Get these powerful resources for your gift of support to the ministry today. Call us toll-free at 877-901-4300 or visit us at josephprince.org right now. Dear friends, if you've been blessed by seeing the beauty of our Lord Jesus and His love unveiled through our broadcast, would you like to join us in impacting more people with the message of His grace? We are living in the last days and I feel a sense of urgency in my heart to reach even more people still living in darkness so that their lives can be transformed by the grace of God. So if you're watching this and are not yet a JPM partner, I want to invite you to be part of this important work. Will you pray about being a JPM partner today? We are very grateful for all our JPM partners. You share with us in the great harvest of every life that has been healed, every marriage that is restored, and every person that has been set free from guilt and condemnation. Thank you, JPM partners. Let's continue to be bold in advancing the gospel of grace. God bless you. Thank you, Joseph Prince Ministries partners, for your prayers and generous support that help us broadcast the gospel into millions of homes around the world. Today, we thank God the gospel of Jesus Christ has transformed everyone under the sound of it. And that's the reason for the TV ministry. Broadcast from the house stops to all the four corners of the earth. Amen. We invite you to partner with us to send the gospel of grace to the nations. Call us toll-free at 877-901-4300 or visit us at josephprince.org slash partner today. Next on Joseph Prince. You know your sins are forgiven and forgiven in such a way, in such a manner that God is glorified. His holiness, all right, is upheld. There's no compromise on His holiness. In fact, His holiness is glorified in the death of His Son. Joseph Prince Ministries is a Section 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible for the amount that exceeds any fair market value of the materials you receive from us.